You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 156. Today's reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 21 through 33, and chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Brethren, whatever anyone dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I have received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I have been shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people. Danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brethren. In toil and hardship, though many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure upon me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I do not lie. At Damascus, the governor under King Aratos guarded the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. I must boast, there is nothing to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord." I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast, except of my weaknesses." Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I besought the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Today's reading is appointed for the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, and and in the opening verses, Paul seems to be giving a defense of his apostleship by listing his credentials. Would you give us some context, Father, as we find ourselves today already deep into this epistle? Yeah, I think the general context is quite familiar to anyone who's been reading or studying Paul along with us. Uh, It seems as though other eminent apostles who in this epistle remain unnamed were questioning Paul's authority. And I think this is abundantly clear from statements Paul makes 
prior to the middle of the 11th chapter of this epistle where we began today's reading. In fact, even early in, in chapter 11 we hear about this. For example, Paul says, I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles. Now, obviously, he has no reason to say that unless someone is, is questioning his authority. Another example would be right before that statement, Paul makes a rhetorical statement, uh, co- condemnatory of the Corinthian church, by saying, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So from this it seems clear that Paul's authority and by extension his teaching is being challenged and it's being challenged by those also preaching some different message uh, related though to Jesus Christ, potentially uh, a message taught even by another apostle. And in short then, this could be similar to the situation we've discussed, including on last week's episode uh, that happened in in, uh, Galatia, where other uh, where there was a dispute between Paul on the one hand and, and Peter, James, and John on the other. And in this case, uh, we don't know if it was those apostles or perhaps others. Okay, so that, that seems to make sense. So then what is this dispute about? Is it also about circumcision? Well, as with uh, the figures involved, the exact nature of the dispute is not as clear as it is in, in Galatians uh, here in, in Second Corinthians. Uh, I, I do think the available evidence would point to it being uh, a similar dispute. The reason I think that is the case is because Paul is repeatedly mentioning how some people are trying to make a show in the flesh or to have some sort of physical marker that would indicate their faith, and that would certainly fit with the dispute about circumcision because obviously in a world where you have Roman baths and, and people are bathing in, in public places, you can easily tell if someone's circumcised. And as we've noted multiple times, so Paul indicates here again in, in 2 Corinthians that our faith is not something a person can show by making bodily changes. Our faith is a way of life. Our faith involves us putting our trust in God and living according to that trust. It's not something that we can show off or prove, so to speak. Okay, Father, I'm following you so far, and it does seem there are several similarities between this passage in 2 Corinthians and, and what we've discussed previously about Galatians. One thing that is different, however, is, is Paul essentially boasting, that he, but he's saying he's not, he's not going to boast in that, but only in his weaknesses. And in going through all of that, he eventually talks about having visions and revelations of the Lord. What do you make of that, Father? I, I think it's pretty clear that this, too, this, this idea of visions and revelations is comparable to what we heard in Galatians. Remember, uh, in Galatians, Paul talked about being in the wilderness for three years before he ever went and met with the apostles Peter and, and with James and John. Uh, I think here Paul is simply giving some more details about what happened in the wilderness, or perhaps going even further back, Paul is referring to his experience uh, on the road to Damascus, of which we hear, of course, in the Acts of the Apostles. So all, all told, then, I think Paul's vision and revelation relates to the fact that Paul clearly had some type of experience that changed his orientation. Because remember, he had been a persecutor of the earliest Christians. He had been a zealous Pharisee. In short, we might say that he put his trust in his own flesh and in his own works. But something obviously changed with 
Paul and that experience that we heard about again on the road to Damascus as well as with his time in the wilderness that he mentioned in Galatians. So uh, another important uh, point to note, I think, too, is, is that Paul was the only apostle who was not an eyewitness of Jesus' life on earth, his uh, ministry on earth. So Paul was not one of the original 12 apostles or disciples like Peter and John. He was not an eyewitness like James. Yet, while not an eyewitness, the Acts of the Apostles, as well as Paul's own description uh, in Galatians and here in, in uh, certainly in Second Corinthians about visions and revelations, is essentially putting Paul on the same level as the Apostles in terms of being an eyewitness. So, you know, no, Paul did not experience Jesus during his earthly ministry, but Paul's experience of Jesus in this vision and revelation, his experience on the road to Damascus, if they are even two separate things, again, they could be the same. It's just as good as having, uh, you know, that earthly experience that the apostles has. So Paul is not lacking any credentials as compared to any of the other apostles who themselves were eyewitnesses. Very good. Thanks for that explanation, Father. In addition to Paul discussing his visions and revelations, he talks about having a thorn in the flesh. Any idea what this is a reference to? Uh, as with some of these other things we've discussed in this section of the epistle, it's not entirely apparent. Uh, it, it, you know, many speculate that this uh, thorn in the flesh is some type of a bodily, physical ailment, uh, something that perhaps held Paul back. Uh, I think many assume it was something to do with a physical ailment because of the use of the term flesh. Uh, the thorn in the flesh, but uh, I would point out that this term flesh is certainly not always synonymous with uh, the other word uh, that could be used in Greek, the other term body. In fact, I would also point out that, that Paul refers to this thorn in the flesh as, quote, a messenger of Satan. And so that leaves me open to the interpretation that Paul uh, could be referring to a person or a group of people because uh, the apostles and the early bishops were sometimes referred to as messengers or angels to the churches. Those terms are uh, synonymous in the Greek, uh, messenger and angel. So I, I don't think that we can make a conclusive statement on this matter. Uh, that said, I think the most important point of focus, the emphasis here, should be on what Paul said immediately after discussing the thorn in the flesh. And that is what Paul says uh, the, how, how Paul says the Lord answered him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that really gets to the essence of Paul's teaching, that God's grace is sufficient for us. Uh, this past Sunday uh, in the Orthodox Church, and uh, we, we heard, uh, read from the epistle to the Romans, chapter 5, and we heard Paul mention how suffering leads to endurance, and endurance leads to character, and character leads to hope. And here we have a similar teaching, the idea that weakness or suffering can be redeemed, that God's grace is sufficient for us, and that the trials and tribulations we experience here and now in this world will pass, and that God's mercy will help us through them if we look to redeem these experiences. Thank you, Father. Today's reading places us in a familiar context where other apostles are questioning Paul's authority. This dispute in 2 Corinthians also appears to be similar to the one found in Galatians. Paul repeatedly mentions how some people are trying to make a show in the flesh or to have some sort of physical marker that would indicate their faith. 
But Paul's argument is that our faith is not something a person can show by making physical changes. Our faith involves us putting our trust in God and living according to that trust. It is a way of life. We then went on to discuss what Paul was referring to in his visions and revelations of the Lord. Father Aaron reminded us that Paul was in the wilderness for three years before he ever met with the Apostle Peter and with James and John. These visions and revelations of the Lord are likely more details about what happened in the wilderness, or perhaps even going back to his experience on the road to Damascus. Whatever the case, Paul clearly had an experience that changed his orientation from a persecutor of Christians to the apostle of the Gentiles. This experience of Jesus placed Paul on the same level as the apostles who were eyewitnesses to Jesus' earthly ministry. And in discussing Paul's thorn in the flesh, Father stressed what is the essence of Paul's teaching, which the Lord said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.